saved. And this scripture says that even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and have raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. So grace is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So when I begin the definition of grace, here Ephesians 2 says grace is the gift of God. All right, the Scripture defines the Scripture. A lot of times I try to define Scripture myself. I try to understand Scripture myself. And the Lord, many years ago, spoke in my heart. And He spoke to me and He said, It's all in my Word. And when He said that to me, a lot of ideas, a lot of things I believed were immediately challenged. They come before me and the Lord began to immediately challenge them. And he began to show me his word by his spirit. I've become a very personal relationship that, with the Lord that I would come into to search his word to understand it. And as time went on, a, even a greater relationship began to form because the living word who is Jesus Christ began to take form in my heart. So I began to see that the written word was speaking of the living word, the spiritual word, who is Christ Jesus the Lord. So when I say grace is the gift of God, let's, let's define it in the scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's the gift. God gave. How many understands a gift is something given? God gave His Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is everyone hearing me okay? If you are somebody, give me a thumbs up. Good. So here we see the gift of God. God's Son. And in this Word, God gave His only begotten Son. I see... Almost the entirety, maybe, maybe I see the whole salvation in this simple scripture that you read on bumper stickers. Uh, there's a place we drive by on Sunday morning and John 3.16 is hanging there because in this statement, God gave His Son, he, you have both sides of the cross. You have the death side of the cross and you have the life side of the cross. So grace is made known through the cross. If I don't understand the cross, I cannot understand what God's grace is. So God's grace it came in the person of Jesus Christ and is made known as He is made known in our hearts. That's what grace is. So grace is not just God no longer considers sins. 
That's, that's a true statement, but how He does that is through the person of Jesus Christ. If I don't understand that, I think then the operation of the flesh is okay. I think, you, you know what, it becomes like what Apostle Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace shall abound? And the answer he said was no. God forbid. Because if I don't apprehend what grace is, that's what I think. That's what a lot of people, I, I believe, are saying. Well, God has grace now. We're no longer under the law. So we just live any way we want and we abide in the grace of God. And that's not the truth at all. That's not what God is saying at all. Grace is the divine influence upon the heart and the evidence in the life. Well, if I understand the divine influence upon the heart is Jesus Christ the Lord, then I have to say, does He live any old way He wants? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's the divine expression of the living God. So the divine expression of the living God is not flesh. It is not the natural man in any way, shape, or form. The divine expression is God manifest. And that's what Christ in the earth was. That's what Christ in the form of man was, was God manifest. And now that living Christ that walked in the earth is now shed abroad, the love of God is shed abroad, we read that scripture, by the Holy Spirit in our hearts. What's the love of God? God so loved the world that He gave His Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's the love of God. There's what's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's what's made known in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that we could come to eternal life. Alright? What's eternal life? What is eternal life? Eternal life is not just you and I living forever. See, this is the concept we have of eternal life. And, and I'll tell you today is, is a simple introduction to this, this uh, subject of grace. So this idea is out here that I'm going to live forever. That's a good idea. I'm going to live forever. But it's how are we living. How we are living is that Christ is living in me. That's eternal life. Christ in you. You in Christ. That's what God is doing in His grace is bringing us to this place and this understanding of the truth that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we go on and we look at grace, uh, in John 1.14, the Bible says, John 1.14, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full, full of what? Grace and truth. John bare witness of Him, and cried, saying, This was He of whom I spake. 
He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his fullness have we all received. Now what does it say we have received? His fullness. Grace for grace. So his fullness is grace for grace. So here we go. So, so how could I have grace if I don't have Jesus Christ? Because it tells us that He was full of grace and truth. So if I take Jesus Christ out of the picture, where's God's grace go? We have none. Because grace is summed up in Christ Jesus the Lord. And people that, that are trying to find grace without the cross, I'm afraid they're going to come to a utter end or a, or a place where they, where they just realize this isn't salvation. I pray that's what they come to because, because grace without the cross leaves flesh. And flesh is not God's mind. I mean, every, every Christian born again and filled with the Spirit of God they want a remedy of flesh, right? Do you want a remedy of flesh? Do I want a remedy of my flesh? Have I ever had issues with my own self? Have you ever had issues with your own self? Have you ever woke up uh, and been disgusted with yourself or, or come to a place where you say, I hate myself? I have. I've been there. I've done that. And the solution for that self, that man, that nature, is the grace of God. But the grace of God does not appease self. See, the grace of God doesn't just go over self and say, Okay, self, you can behave any way you want to now because you're in the grace of God. No, the grace of God is what God has done in Christ for the remedy of self. And even more than that, it's God's divine intention in Christ that Christ may dwell in our hearts. That's what we get in grace. Have you ever thought about that? That, that of His fullness have we received and grace for grace... Grace was in His fullness. Have you ever considered that? that? That He was full of grace and truth. So for me to understand grace, I have to understand Him. So when I start breaking down grace, how do I break down grace? I break down grace by Christ being revealed in my heart. Turn to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians 1. I have some folks in the back and they were asking me for the verse and I have to see where I'm getting to. But in chapter 1, he's, Paul says in verse 13, he says, For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many mine equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. 
But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace. So God called Paul by grace for a purpose. To reveal His Son. Where at? Where did Paul say His Son was being revealed at? To reveal His Son in me. Not to me. He didn't say He revealed Christ to me. He said He revealed Christ in me. So He was called by grace. And see, here's here's where grace becomes real. Grace begins to be real when Christ is revealed in us. That's when grace becomes real. If Christ isn't revealed in me, then, then I have a very small reality of God's grace. I, I try to... I've been there, so I'll just talk about what I've tried to do with God's grace. I've tried to appease myself that God loves me, so I messed up today, and I'm forgiven. And, and that may be very well true, so I'm not against that statement. But I've tried to appease my heart in that. And as the grace of God began to be made known, what that grace of God does is it does a work in my heart. It does a work in my heart, not just to appease my heart, but to bring my heart into a whole different state of being. How many want to be in a different state of being? I do. How many are 100% satisfied with the state of being they are currently in? Alright? So, what the grace of God revealed in us does is it brings us to a whole other state of being. Christ is revealed in us by the Spirit of God. So, so by the Spirit of God, we come into this great relationship where Christ begins to be revealed in our hearts, in our minds. And now when I say He's revealed on one side, if I go back to the statement I made earlier, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, I come to this giving side of His Son in the cross. I come to Christ in the cross. But there's another giving side of His Son in the life. So on the side of the cross, what all do I understand in the cross? What I understand in the cross is that He is my propitiation. He is my salvation from my sins. That's one of the first things we understand in the grace of God. That, that Jesus Christ died for me. That He shed His blood on Calvary for me. And that His death paid all penalties that I've ever done. That, and, that's, and that's so true. And I pray that it's so real that His death, the reality of His death, in, in that I'm free from the conscience of sin. He freed me from what I was through death. That His life, 
And it doesn't end there, now that His life may dwell in me. Glory to God. No longer my life, His life. That's the grace of God. Christ in you. That's what God has done in grace. Is He's brought a, a work through Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary for sin and for sins, for man's conscience, for man's need. And, and as we comprehend that cross of Christ, we comprehend what He's done. One, one of my favorite scriptures, and people may think I'm crazy, but one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible is, He that is dead is freed from sin. <laughs> Why is that one of your favorite scriptures? Because Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians, You are dead. So I'm dead, and because I'm dead, I'm free from sin. Because I'm dead in His death. Let me for a moment just share a picture of that with you. The, a lot of people think the children of Israel escaped death, right? They painted the blood of the Lamb. They slaved the, the blood of the Lamb. They slaved the Lamb. They took the blood of the Lamb. And they did what? They put it around the lintel of their house. Now what did they do after they did that? Did they stop there? Did they just put the blood around the door? No. They entered into the door and they ate the lamb. So what that represented was, and here comes Jesus uh, along and He says, Hey, I'm the door. So, so Israel enters into this door that's, that's a door painted in blood and that entranceway is, is speaking of His death, of us entering into His death. What took them out of Egypt was they entered into the death of the Lamb. They didn't just didn't put blood out on the door and walk out of Egypt. They had to enter into the door where they put the blood. So they become partakers of the blood. They, be, they become partakers of that slain Lamb. And what that slain lamb was speaking of was the death of Jesus Christ. Now they entered into that doorway, and in that night they ate the lamb. And, and it was some time ago I'm looking at this, and the Lord is dealing with my heart in the Scripture and says that, that I am the door that, that you will come in and out and find pasture. And I said, why would, in my heart, it just kind of rose up in me, why would I ever want to come out of Him? Right? Have you ever thought about what Jesus said? They shall go in and out and find pasture. And I used to kind of teach it something like this. Well, I'll go in and I'll get a little bit of understanding and I'll come out and give it. That's how I used to kind of would have dealt with that Scripture. But all at once I'm sitting and studying and, and, you know, setting myself before the Lord and the word origin begins to come in my heart. I just begin to hear originate, origin. And I begin to search these words that are there of going in and out and finding pasture. And sure enough, in one of these words is the word originate. And all at once I realized what he was saying. You're going to come into me, into my death, 
And you're going to come out. You're going to originate out of me and find pasture, find rest to your souls. Because your origination is no longer going to be of that old man, but you're originating out of this new man that he is. You're originating out of the Lord Himself. So you go into the door. I am the door to the sheepfold. You come into the blood-stained door that was, that was typified back there in Israel, and you eat that lamb. And that lamb, and Jesus said, He that Unless you're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life, right? So you come in there, you eat his flesh, and you drink his blood. And what I saw as the Lord was dealing with me there, I saw a tomb that Israel in type and shadow entered into into his death and were buried with him in that house, eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and then they come out in the light of the new day, and they had left Egypt, and they were headed to Canaan land to find pasture, glory to God. Because now their origination was not, you know, according to the flesh. This is all type and shadow. It was not according to the flesh. Their origination was in that house, in that blood-stained doorway that they had entered into, and they originated out of eating that lamb. So they come out through the power of that lamb that they ate. And that's what we do. We come out through the power of the lamb to inherit our promised land. Glory to God. And what's so great in this promised land is the land that we're inheriting isn't in the Middle East across the sea. The land we're inheriting is called Christ Jesus the Lord. We move into Him and we find rest. We find rest to our souls. We come into the rest of God. Honey, this is grace. This is what grace is. It is, it is the one side of the cross that deals with all the elements of the old man. Everything there. It deals with all of his misbehaviors, all of his misconceptions. But on the other side of the cross is his life, is the life of Christ. And, and in fact, that's what Ephesians 2 says, by, that by grace... Even when we were dead in sins, He hath quickened us together with Christ. That word quickened is a word that means made alive. By grace you're saved. So in grace you're made alive. You're not just made alive, He says, and has raised us up together. How many have got a hold that you've been raised up with Christ? You were made alive with Christ. Christ is who made you alive. And not only were you made alive with Christ, now you've been raised with Christ and made to sit together with Him. We're at in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Do you comprehend that? Do I, have I got a hold of that? Uh, what are heavenly places? Heavenly places are Really, anything of Him. Any, any piece of Christ that has been made real in your heart is heavenly. You realize that? The new birth is heavenly. You realize when Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus and He told Nicodemus, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God, 
Jesus began to say to Nicodemus, if I spoke to you concerning natural things and you didn't understand them, how then will you understand heavenly things? Because Nicodemus couldn't understand the new birth. The new birth wasn't out of the flesh. The new birth was out of God. It was out of heaven. We were born of heaven. We were born of God. So, so and the new birth, that is heavenly. So anything of God we get a hold of is heavenly, is eternal. So as much of God that we know, that's heavenly. Have you ever had the, the, the presence of God fill you up so much that you just, everything around you, you, you don't care anymore? You're not even worried about your finances, your homes, or whatever because of the, of the status of the presence of God and how He's ministering in your heart. See, that's heavenly. The presence of God with you is heavenly. So He's moved you from the earthly, the man of dust, the man of sin, the first man, and He's moved you into the new man who is a heavenly man, who is Christ Jesus the Lord. And 1 Corinthians 15 says, We have borne the image of the earthy, and that's what we did from her mother's womb. We bore Adam. We, we manifested Adam. I, I used to say a lot, I, when I, years before, I'd teach a lot on, on, uh, somewhat on the man of sin or on, on sin. And how that in a, in a child, you never had to teach a child to lie. You know that? You can have, you can have the prettiest little grandbaby, baby, uh, cousin, nephew, niece, and they can go in your refrigerator and get the last ice cream and you can come and say, hey, did you get that sweetheart? And they can look right up at you and say, no, daddy, I didn't get it. And you know 100% Yes, you did. So, so man, just like David said, man was born in sin. That's what I was struggling with trying to get out of me. Man was born in sin, shaping in iniquity. So the embodiment of man was sin. That was the embodiment of Adam. That's what Adam was. He was sin, the whole natural man. But the glory of the cross is that Christ redeemed us from that man. He redeemed us from that man through His death, burial, and resurrection and brought us in a new man that we shall bear the image of the heavenly. And you say, when am I going to bear that image? When He's revealed in your heart. The more He's revealed in your heart, the greater you manifest that image in the earth. That's really the answer. He gets revealed in you and you manifest Him. Glory to God. And that's what God is after is, is Christ being manifest in you to be made known through you. So, so as He's revealed in you, it doesn't stop there. He's revealed in you to be made known through you. So that when you go to the grocery store, you manifest Christ. When you are at home with your wife, you manifest Christ. When you go to work, you manifest Christ. You are now the embodiment of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Have you ever read in Ephesians 
that of His fullness we have received, that He filleth all in all the church which is His body, the fullness of Him, that fills all in all. That's what the grace of God does. It fills us with the fullness of Christ. It doesn't just get us out of sins, and it does that, and we're going to look at how grace gets us out of sins in the, in the coming uh, lessons on this. But it doesn't just stop there. It goes to the fullness of God in Christ. You know how much of God Paul said was in Christ? Ever read Colossians 2? The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth, we're at, in Him. And you are what? Where are you at? Paul writes, and you are complete in Him. So my completion's in Him. The fullness of God is in Him. Ephesians 1 says, in Ephesians 1, that He should gather together all things, all things in earth and in heaven, even in one, in Christ Jesus. So at the cross, He, he gathered up all to Himself. That those that received Him would come into His glorious life. Those that have the cross worked in their hearts will come into His glorious life. See, I'm going to stop here right now uh, and just open it up for conversation. But see, a lot of people are talking today about through the grace of God we're all just saved. And I see salvation as Christ Himself. So for me to be saved, I have to know the Savior. I have to know salvation. I have to know the substance of Him. That's salvation. So what, if I don't have a measure of His, of His substance in my heart, if I don't know a measure of Him, I would say, then how am I saved? Because salvation is the measure of Him. And to be saved, I receive Him. But see, being saved is not just this one-time event that I come and give my heart to the Lord. That is the start. Jesus said, those that continue in what? My Word. They are my disciples indeed. Jesus said that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He said, if you love me, keep my word. So, so if I'm in love with Jesus, a lot of people say, I love the Lord. But you, and I don't mean this in a condemning way. I'm not trying to do this. I'm trying to do it in a helpful way. But people say, I love the Lord. And you begin to talk with them about how much they get in the word and they almost know nothing of the word. And he said, if you love me, you'll keep my word. So, so the thing that's of our heart, we should be digging in this word, in this Bible, that God can reveal Christ in our hearts. And I'm telling you, it'll start him develop, revealing Him in the Scripture. You'll begin to see that all the Scripture testifies of Him. But then that Christ that you begin to see in the Scripture will begin to be made real in your heart. His death, being dead to sin, will become real in your heart. 
His resurrection will start being made real in your heart. The new man will begin to be made real in your heart. And that's what God is after. Well, I'm going to stop right there and I'm just going to open it up for us all to have conversation, folks.